Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. I'm going to say it again this week. Yes, you picked an interesting topic to tune in on, especially if this is your first time listening. But if it's not your first time listening, if you've been listening in for all 46 episodes, yes, that's right, we are on episode number 46 today. This is still going to be super interesting for you. Now, this is going to be a super interesting topic for a couple of reasons. Number one, because it is something that people overlook so easily. It's one of these things that like, if someone brings it up, people will roll their eyes about it and say things like, this is so insignificant. I don't even know why we're bothering talking about this. It gets so overlooked. And when I'm hoping that by the end of this podcast, when you see how overlooking this is so detrimental to your mental health and to your physical health in life that um, you'll, you'll start to see how interesting this topic is that we as a society overlook this behavior and brush it off as if it's so insignificant, so unimportant to look at, when in reality it's like one of the most important things to look at. The second reason why this topic is so interesting is because it's one that I work with all of my clients on. And when I teach them about this topic, usually they have the same reaction where they're kind of like, why are we wasting time talking about this until they start paying attention to it? And then they're like mind blown (laughs) at how big of an impact it has on their life. So if you saw the title of the podcast today, it's called Telling Yourself the Truth. And it's all about building self-trust. And I want to say before I start here that... Although what I'm going to talk about here today may seem harmless, it may seem so insignificant. And so you might say to, you know, to yourself, oh, come on, Seth, why are we calling this dishonesty? Like, isn't that a bit exaggerated? And what I want to say is, no, it's not a bit exaggerated. Um, It's actually interesting that when we dive into this, that we see that we look at it as being so insignificant and we don't want to see it as the dishonesty that it is. When in reality, it is being dishonest. And I find it interesting that we don't want to look at that. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a particular behavior that I notice in a lot of people. And by a lot of people, I mean probably pretty much everybody that I know. I don't think I've ever met anyone in this life that hasn't at least struggled with this in the beginning of their life. Maybe they've gotten a hand on it now, especially my clients that I work with. 
but most people, it's just something we're not taught to pay attention to, but it's so important. And it has to do with our dialogue that we have internally and externally about how we're showing up in life and the things that we're doing in life and why we are doing them. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we have been programmed to say to ourselves and to other people when we're doing these things that is dishonesty. And subconsciously, it is intended to hide the truth of a situation from ourselves and from other people. And we only don't see it as being dishonest because we haven't truly looked at it as a society, at how this behavior truly is at its core dishonesty. And I want you all to begin to today to become aware of this, to consider it, and to start asking yourself, why is it that I'm not paying attention to this in my life? What would happen in my life if I did start paying attention to this? So today, I want to help create some awareness around that behavior. I want to begin to show you all exactly why also it is so important that we start paying attention to this seemingly harmless behavior practice. So what am I talking about when I talk about the self-deceit? And again, I know some of you are going to roll your eyes. Some of you may brush this off as being so insignificant that you might turn off this episode and be like, this isn't even worth my time to listen to. I want to ask you not to do this, please. Please don't. Because I know this seems so simple. I know you do not notice how frequently you do this or the significant impact that it has on your life, but that's what I want to show you today. So if this seems insignificant in the beginning, I want to ask you just lean in, pay attention, and ask yourself honestly how huge this is impacting your life. And if you don't notice it today, I want you to take it with you into the week and start noticing how frequently you do these things, and maybe you'll start to notice how huge of an impact this actually has on your life. I'm talking about just a few simple words and phrases that we use so frequently and have never stopped to pay attention to the use of, use of these words. So what words and phrases am I talking about? I'm talking about words like can't, should, shouldn't, and phrases like I need to, I have to, I must. And then there's another one that I'm going to talk about that's not really a phrase, but it's, it kind of ties into this as well. And I'm going to save this one sort of for the end because it's a bit harder to recognize and it's a bit harder to pull out, but it ties into the same theme here of us being dishonest with ourselves and other people as to why we are choosing to do or not to do something. And that's when we lie to ourselves and say that we don't want to do something that we really want to do, but it's really just that we're afraid to do the thing. Okay, so I want to start by saying this. The phrase is, I need to, I have to, I should, I shouldn't, I can't, or I must. These statements are never factual. Not under any circumstance are these statements not a lie. They are always us lying about our truth as a human, having power to decide, okay? There is only ever, I want to, or I don't want to, and then the choice of whether or not you will or will not. There is no external force that creates a have to, a can't, a should, a shouldn't, a must, or a need to. There isn't that does not exist, my friends. I want you all to open yourself up to this idea. And I know some of you are thinking, okay, this is just semantics. This is so dumb. 
But I want to show you something really powerful today because semantics are powerful, my friends. They are very, very powerful. Semantics are about the words we choose to express ourselves based on the meanings that we internally assign to those words. So semantics, my friends, is everything. Because when we speak, how we speak and the words we choose have a massively powerful impact on how our brain will then go about looking for evidence in the world that proves right the things that we tell it to prove right by the words that we choose and how we speak, both externally to other people and internally to ourselves. And our brain does this because it wants to feel certain. It wants to feel safe. It wants to feel like it's keeping you alive. And it thinks that it can keep you alive by feeling certain and safe. So when you tell it that it's going to believe something, and I know a lot of you think you don't tell your brain this. You think that beliefs are these hard things that we can't you know, get over and we can't program and they just happen and they're subconscious and, and that's a load of crap. We tell our brains constantly what to believe. We tell our brains constantly what to believe, even when we use these seemingly insignificant statements like I can't, I should, I shouldn't, I have to, I must, I need to. These statements are powerful statements that tell our brain what to believe about the world and therefore what evidence it should go out and seek to prove those beliefs true so that it can feel certain and it can feel like it can keep you safe in the world that it is being told to perceive. So I want to look at each of these words and phrases and look at exactly why these words and phrases are dishonest and how when we use them, we create a world around us in our perception in which we are disempowered, we are in a victim mindset, and we are living in a fixed mindset. Now, you might be wondering what a fixed mindset is or a victim mindset is or what disempowered is. Disempowered basically means that you have no choice. You have no agency, no sovereignty in your life. That life just happens against you and you just have to be here in this body and survive it and hope that it feels good for you. So disempowered is that. Whereas empowered is saying, no, I have agency in my life. I have sovereignty. I make choices in the things that I do and why, in what I want and what I don't want and why, and therefore how I will see and feel about the world around me. A fixed mindset basically says things like your abilities are just something that you were born with. They can't be changed. They can't be developed. They just are. You're stuck with them and that therefore you will experience the world and life around you with whatever it is you were born with and it will never change. And a victim mindset goes back to this disempowered mindset. It basically believes that life happens to you and against you. That you have no power whatsoever in your life to make decisions and to choose how you see and feel about the world. So let's look at these phrases and words one at a time so that we can kind of get an understanding as to why exactly I'm saying these phrases are dishonest. Why am I using such a powerful word to describe these seemingly insignificant statements? And it's because they're not so insignificant, my friends. The impact that these statements have on our life is so vast and so powerful that, yes, I want to use a powerful word like dishonesty. These words are a lie. Because I want you to begin to see. I want that shocking feeling of, wait, you're, call you're telling me I'm lying? Yes, I am telling you that you are lying. Let that feeling of intensity seek in sink in and pay attention with that much intensity here. Because I promise you these words are not as unaffecting 
and insignificant in your life as you're thinking they are, okay? So let's start with the words should, shouldn't. So with when we use the words should or shouldn't, I want you to really lean in and pay attention to the feeling behind them, okay? And this feeling that these words create in your, in your body. So when I say should, what it does is it implies that there is some obligatory deciding factor. And obligatory means it's mandatory, like you have no choice in it. So there is a deciding factor outside of me that makes things mandatory for me that says that a certain action is to be taken by me and that I have no deciding power in whether or not this action is to be taken by me and that if I do not take the action, there will therefore be some negative unforeseen consequence that I want to avoid because I have no choice in that. That's what should says and shouldn't says. And what I want you to notice here, my friends, is that this creates victimhood. When we use this word, we are literally taking our power to decide what we want and don't want in life, what we will and will not do, and what we're doing is throwing it outside of ourselves, disempowering ourselves, and then we're holding on to that energy within us that is our power to decide, and feeling trapped or stuck in obligation to an action that is not genuine to us, and that it is an action that is simply decided by something other than you that it is to be done by you. And that if you don't do it, you will suffer a negative consequence. Or when we say I shouldn't, if I do do it, I will suffer a negative consequence. Here's what I want to say about consequences really quick. When we take actions, there is always a consequence, but you get to decide whether or not that consequence is a negative consequence or not. If it is a perceived negative consequence by you, then I would ask, well, what is it that you wanted to actually do there? Why did you do this thing that got this consequence? Do you want to keep doing it? And why or why not? Put the power back in your hands. If it was something that you didn't know would have a certain result, then we can't say should or shouldn't. It's that I didn't know, now I've done it, now I know, and so I know that I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this again. It's not that I shouldn't, it's that I don't want to. And it's so important to see the significance in the difference between these two statements. When we use the words should or shouldn't, we create a view of the world in which we do not have sovereignty over our actions. You don't have sovereignty over your actions in your view of the world if you use these words on a regular basis. And I know you're thinking, oh, come on, Seth, it's just one word that I... Yeah, it's one word that you use probably... If you pay attention just this week and how frequently you say, I should or shouldn't, I bet you use it thousands of times. Thousands of times. When I tell my clients about the use of this word should or shouldn't, and at first they're kind of like, oh, come on, it's just one word. It's not not that big of a deal. But then when they start, they, they get it in their head. Wait, let me pay attention to this here. And then they notice how frequently they use it. They're usually like, oh my God, Seth, I never realized just how frequently I talk to myself and other people and I use these words in telling myself what I should and should not be doing. And I do it all of the time. So my friends, this word in and of itself may seem so insignificant, but I promise you, you are using it in such a frequent way that it's not so insignificant. This would be like saying, oh, just a little drop of poison. That's not so insignificant. I don't need to pay attention to this little drop of poison that I'm taking. 
but you're taking it every minute. And what I'm going to say is that poison builds up a lethal dose very fast. This word shouldn't shouldn't has poisonous effects in your view of the world. And you may think it doesn't have such a huge impact, but when you're dropping that poison into your view of the world literally 5,000 times a day, it has a massive impact in how you will see the world. And while this poison may not directly have an impact on your physical health, it will eventually have an, an impact on your physical health secondarily. But the biggest impact it's going to have firsthand is that it will begin to kill your ability to see your power to decide. Your feeling of deciding power, of sovereignty in your own body, and in this life, that begins to die from the use of this poison so frequently. And yes, I'm going to use the word poison there. When we use the words shouldn't, shouldn't, you begin to, or when you use the word shouldn't, shouldn't, you begin to see the world as a place in which a lot of your actions are not decided by you, but instead by unforeseen, some unforeseen force, some unforeseen understood law outside of you that you do not even look at to see if it, if it is actually true, or if it's a rule that you want to make decisions by, if it's a consequence that maybe you're willing to deal with in your life because you want something on the other side of it. It's something you're not even willing to consider. And I want you to see, it's not that I'm saying that we cannot want to live by the rules that exist already, that we are currently using and using the word should and should not to say because of these rules, these these societal rules or even laws. But what I want you to recognize is that it is you deciding that it is a rule that you choose to want to live by in your own life. And that is so powerful to recognize, my friends. Because when you say the words should and shouldn't, you completely bypass that power. You completely bypass the release of that power to decide. If there is some societal rule out there, if there's some rule that your parents, you know, said to you, like, this is not a good thing to do, and you want to live by that rule, then I want you to decide that for you and say, with power and sovereignty in your life, I want to live by this rule. I don't have to. I shouldn't. It's not that I should live by it. Or it's not that I shouldn't break it. It's that I want to live by this rule and tell yourself the truth about that and why. That is important for you to understand here. That's what I want to get across. For instance, if I say I should eat better, well, no, I'm perfectly able to decide whatever I want to eat and create whatever consequence I want in my body as a result of that. And so are you. So the question is, Have you decided what results you want to create in your body based on what you want in life and therefore what foods you want to and do not want to eat based on the foods that will help you to create that desired result? Have you even considered that? And do you feel the huge difference in those two ways of approaching this? I should eat better or I shouldn't eat these foods versus this is the result that I want in life. If I want this result in life, I'm going to want to eat these foods over here. And I'm probably not going to want to eat these foods over here. So I'm going to decide that I will not eat these foods over here. I don't want to eat these foods because I want to create this result. I want to eat these foods because I want to create this result. 
There is a massive difference in how you will see the world around you based on making that decision and making it consciously versus saying, oh, I shouldn't eat that. Or I should be eating these foods, but (laughs) I'm going to eat this instead. And saying it so innocently like it's a joke. It's not a joke. I know we treat it like it is, but my friends, this is, you are making a powerful decision there when you decide to say should or shouldn't. The decision you are making even though you think you're avoiding making the decision, is that you're deciding to not have power in your life. You're deciding to give it away to some imaginary force and then hold on to that energy inside of your body that is your deciding energy. And my friends, it will come out in some really disempowering and destructive ways in your life if you keep holding on to that energy. And I will talk about that a bit later. When I say I should eat better, what I'm really saying is that there is some unseen rule out there that I just have no ability to look at or make a decision based on as to what I want. And therefore, I either eat according to it, or I will have some kind of result that is something that I will regret. And I have no agency in this. I have no power to decide. I have no power to discern and to look at this. That's what I'm saying. And that's what you're saying every time you say these phrases of I should and I shouldn't. And it goes outside of eating too. I'm using eating as an example. That's something that a lot of my clients struggle with. But it also goes into other things in life. Not just with food. The truth is that you have a genuine want there. When you say should or shouldn't, I want you to stop, break the pattern, realize there's a genuine want here that you want to pay attention to. Okay? And when you say should or shouldn't, you are choosing to not pay attention to your genuine want and how you want to do that. And you're choosing to ignore what you want it to look like for you. And therefore, what foods you will want to or not want to eat to create those results that are genuine for you. When we say should or shouldn't, instead what you're choosing is something outside of you that you have no control over to make that decision for you. And when something outside of you is making decisions for you, then who is in control of your actions that you take? It's that unknown, unforeseen rule outside of you, not you. So you get stuck in this trap of eating foods that you do not genuinely want to eat or not eating foods that you do genuinely want to eat for fear of breaking this rule outside of you that decides for you what you should and should not be eating. And this is all because you haven't chosen to see yourself as having any power to decide and therefore choose the actions that you will take based on what you want to take. Now, does this mean that the actions will always be comfortable when we start to decide? No, but that's okay. Because here's the thing, you can face discomfort. You're doing it right now anyways. By feeling completely out of control in your actions and your decisions. You already feel uncomfortable. If you're being honest with yourself, you feel out of control and that's not comfortable. Because the one area in your life where you actually do have control, you're choosing to not have control. So therefore, every area in your life feels out of control, and that's uncomfortable. But you're also subconsciously programming your mind to look for evidence that you have no control by using these words. The use of the word should and shouldn't have a massive effect on how your brain goes about trying to make sense of the world based on what you are telling it to look for. For instance... If you start using the word should or shouldn't, your mom made a cake and you're at home visiting your mom and you use the words, oh, I should, I should have a piece of cake. Then your brain's going to start finding evidence or looking for evidence of, 
my mom made this cake and spent so much time on it. So now her emotional response to me or eating it or not eating it is what decides for me whether or not I eat this cake. Not the fact that I don't want to eat this cake because it's not good for my goals and with what I'm choosing to do to care for my body and my health right now. Instead, what's more important is how my mom might emotionally respond to this. Your brain starts looking for evidence of that. So if you decide to not have a piece of cake and your mom is like, oh, but honey, come on, I spent so... Then you're like, oh, yeah, see, there's that evidence. I should, I should have the piece of cake. See? See, I told you I should have had it. Your brain starts looking for the evidence of that. Whereas if you tell your brain, I'm not going to have a piece of this cake because I don't want to have a piece of this cake. I'm sure my mom spent a lot of time baking this cake and I'm sure it tastes delicious and I can appreciate her efforts and I can tell her that and tell her that I appreciate her wanting to cook delicious food for me, but this food right now does not serve my body in what it is that I'm trying to achieve with my body right now. It doesn't serve my health in what I'm trying to achieve with my health right now, so I'm going to choose to not eat this piece of cake. My mom might not like that, but that's okay. She might be upset, but that's okay. I can be there for her while she's upset and let her know whatever it is that she's upset about. I'm not choosing to not eat the cake because I don't love her or because I don't love the cake. It's because I don't want to eat it right now because right now this is important to me. And I'm sure your mom will understand that your health is important. I'm sure your mom wants you to stay alive if you were to explain that to her. But that's beside the point. The point is that if you start using the word should, your brain begins to see other people's emotional responses to what you eat as being a deciding power in your life about the foods that you eat and do not eat. Instead of you being the deciding factor, your brain will start to look for evidence of that. And it will start to pile the evidence on of, see, no, when you don't eat this when you're at so-and-so's house, they get upset and you don't want them to be upset. So you should eat a piece of cake because you're the one in power of whether or not they have a good life or whatever it is you might believe. That That's, that's a topic for another episode. But the truth is when we use these words should and shouldn't, we take our power and put it into something outside of us. That we have no agency to decide what it is that we want or don't want in life. Or we believe that what we want or don't want in life isn't important and therefore we shouldn't pay attention to it and we should be paying attention to what everyone else wants for us instead. Or maybe you begin to see evidence of, oh, well everyone else is eating this food and I don't want to be viewed as being weird by them. I don't want to have to deal with that, so I will make what is popular to eat by most of society is what decides for me what foods I will eat. Then your brain will go about looking for evidence that you have no power in deciding what foods you eat because what is what it is that decides what you eat is society and what's popular. And based on the fact that you don't want to be viewed as weird by people if you don't eat a food that's popular. And therefore you create this imaginary obligation to eat foods that everyone else is eating, even though you might not genuinely want to eat it based on your goals for how you want to nourish your body. So do you see, are you beginning to see here how this seemingly small and insignificant word begins to have a huge impact on how you will show up in your life. And it doesn't stop with food. Like I said, it spans out into all areas of your life. Moms and dads, I'm going to step on your toes a little bit here. I love you all, but listen, okay? How often do you say should or should not when it involves how you will care for your child? And for those of you out there who have pets, same thing. How often do you use these words? So... The question is, do you really want to hold on to your power to decide that for yourself and give the decision away to some imaginary force or rule outside of you that decides that for you? 
Do you really want to believe that you have no sovereignty in your life to make decisions about what is genuine for you and how you want to be a parent and how you want your children to be cared for and raised by you? Do you really want to give away that decision to some imaginary force outside of you? I would guess probably not. And I'm not trying to say that you're horrible people if you have been doing this. You probably just have never recognized that that's what you're doing when you use this word. You are literally giving your power to decide how you want to parent your kids to some imaginary rule or force outside of you. Instead of seeing your genuine wants of how you want to be a parent and how you want to show up for your kids and therefore why you are deciding to do the things that you are doing and owning that every time you decide to do it. Even if it feels uncomfortable. Yes, it feels uncomfortable. But no, I'm not doing this because I should do it. It feels uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it because I want to do it because this is how I genuinely want to be a parent. This is how I want to show up for my kids. Some people may not like it. Some people may think you're weird for being a parent like that and doing the thing. That's okay. You're the one who gets to decide that. This is your role as a parent in life, not someone else's. So I want to ask you, if you're a parent and using this word, why are you choosing to tell your brain to show up in the world looking for evidence that you are somehow obligated to be a parent in some way that you didn't decide? That you don't genuinely want to be a parent in this way? Why are you giving that away? Why are you not deciding for yourself how you want to be a parent and telling yourself the truth about that every time you do something for your kids? why you're doing it, and why you want to do it. So I'm going to move on now from the phrase should and shouldn't, and I want to move on to another another phrase or word, actually. It's kind of both. So we're going to move on to the words can't and cannot, and how using these simple words creates such a disempowered fixed mindset of victimhood in your life. So when I say I cannot do something, What am I truly saying here? It's not just a simple word. Have you ever taken the time to think about what this actually means when I say I can't or I cannot do something? When I say I can do something, I'm speaking about my ability to complete an action. So when I say that I cannot, then I'm simply saying that my ability to complete an action is incomplete. That I do not possess the necessary skills or qualities to complete an action. And this may sound so significant or even true to you, but here's the thing. We're saying that with a period. And when we do that, we're also saying something else. And it's something that is so important to pay attention to and we're not paying attention to. You see, there is a big word missing in that sentence. And it determines if this sentence is telling the truth or if it is purposefully hiding the truth from yourself and others. And it's the word yet. A small but huge word. I cannot do this yet. How does this word change the sentence that it merits our importance to look at it? Let me tell you. Okay, so when I say that I cannot, when I can't, when I say I cannot do something and I put a period there, that period signifies something very powerful. It signifies that that statement is concrete and a permanent fact. That I, in fact, cannot do this. You might be like, well, duh. (laughs) But here's the thing. It says that there is a task in front of me that I am unable to complete that task with my abilities. And what the period says is that those abilities are fixed. That they cannot be changed or developed. That's what that simple little phrase 
with a period at the end, tells your brain. It signals to your brain that the abilities you have right now are fixed. And the word yet changes this entirely. Because when I throw that word in there, then what I'm saying to my brain is at the moment, my abilities to complete this task are not up to par to complete it yet. But I can choose to develop them to a level at which I could accomplish this task. Should I choose to want to? There's that want to again, my friends, that we're so afraid to use. We're so afraid to say what it is that we want in life. It's interesting. But here's the part where most people get afraid and opt for the word can't. They are afraid to look at, know, and own what they want. Maybe you genuinely do not want to develop the skills necessary to complete the task. Make that decision and tell yourself the truth about it. Stop lying to yourself and other people about your genuine wants. Another reason why people may say can't when what they really mean isn't can't is because they're afraid of themselves trying or taking the actions necessary to develop their skills to turn I cannot into I can. And saying I can't offers this barrier of excuse. This we don't pass this point. We don't question that. Remember, my abilities are fixed and I can't do it. Period. End of sentence. Done with discussion. So when we use this, we completely disempower ourselves. But here's the thing. This isn't the most insidious way in which this seemingly harmless word harms us. You see, at the same time, while using this word, the most insidious way that this harms us is that, again, we're sending this message to our brain to start looking for evidence in the world that your abilities are fixed, but not just yours. Not just yours, because you see, if you have to believe that about you, you also believe it about other people. So then the world around you becomes this world in which abilities are fixed, that you and no one else have abilities that are able to be grown, and that therefore you and everyone else around you is stuck with certain abilities in life. And that therefore you're stuck with a certain kind of life based on what you're able and unable to achieve right now. And do you know what this leads to? We talked about it last week. FOMO. Fear that you're missing out on something in life because you're unable to enjoy life like someone else who has different abilities than yours. And since developing abilities is not possible because they're fixed, you're just stuck with that life, missing out on what this other person is able to enjoy in life. I want you to pay attention to that. Or maybe you choose the belief that abilities are just too hard to develop and not worth it. So your brain goes about looking for evidence of that. But either way, what you tell yourself is that you are stuck living a life that you didn't choose. Based on abilities that you didn't choose. Based on abilities that you either have or don't have, and you don't possess the ability to develop those abilities. Because that's either not possible or it's just too hard. So you're stuck living a life that you do not want to. That's what this word implies. This seemingly small, insignificant word, when we use it as frequently as we do, and I want you to pay attention to how frequently you use it, it begins to have this massive impact on your view of life, and therefore your life fulfillment. You completely disempower yourself so frequently and so much with the use of the words can't and cannot, especially with a period at the end. 
And you create illusion an illusion of being unable to create a life that you truly want. And therefore, what's the point in knowing what you should truly want? So you just avoid looking at it. You avoid ever learning what you want because what's the point in knowing? You'll not, you'll not be able to create it anyways, right? And so begins the spiral of living an inauthentic, inauthentic and unfulfilled life. So this, my friends, is why I'm telling you this is not something insignificant to not pay attention to and to brush off as being so simple and so stupid to talk about. It's not. This has a massive impact on your life fulfillment, my friends. And I want you to lean in and pay attention to that and start telling yourself the truth here. I want you to re-empower yourself. I'm not trying to judge you and, and blame you. I want you to notice this today because I want you to start re-empowering yourself here. What we want to do instead is to tell ourselves the truth. I do not yet see my abilities as able to achieve this, but I will begin now to develop those abilities and we'll get back to it as soon as I have developed the necessary level to complete the task. Or I might say, currently, my level of abilities that I possess are not at the level to complete this task. And guess what? This task is not a genuine want for me. It's not a priority for me right now. So I'm going to choose to not to, de- to not develop my level of ability here in order to be able to complete this task. Because I don't want to spend the time right now developing it. Tell yourself the truth. That is so important. Even if it's telling yourself the truth about why I'm deciding not to do this. Why I'm deciding not to develop my skills here. It is important to tell yourself the truth about it. You deserve that empowerment to say, yes, right now my level of skills would not accomplish this task. Sure, I could if I wanted to develop my skills to complete that task, but I don't want to right now. Right now, this is what is important to me in my life, and I am choosing that as a priority. That is my decision, and I'm using my power as a human being to decide this is important for me, and this does not get my time right now. So I will not develop my skills in this area right now. Maybe I will later. I don't know that for sure yet. So I'm not saying this is permanent, but right now, no, I will not spend the time developing these skills. That is my decision. This is what I want to do right now. So this is why it's important to tell yourself the truth and empower yourself. Making that decision instead of lying to yourself and to others and creating the belief that the decision is not yours, that that abilities are just fixed or they're too hard to, to change. So what's the point in trying? And what I want you to say to yourself is you make that decision always. Can't is a lie. Cannot is a lie. So now I want to shift gears and we're going to move on to the next phrase, which actually has three to it. So it's, The have to, need to, and must. All of these pretty much live on the same street and in the same house, and I would say they're probably staying in the same bedroom, sharing the same bed. Okay? So it's this idea, when we use these these phrases and this word must, that yet again, you do not have the power to decide what you will do here and what you want to do and don't want to do. The statements have to, need to, and must imply that some law or force outside of you makes the decisions of how you will live life. And that your job is to just go about being in this body, completing those tasks according to what the force of law tells you to do, but that you have no decision-making ability in this model. Something outside of you decides for you how you will act and therefore what results you will have in your life. 
So again, the results that you have in your, your life are completely out of your control in this model. You're just a victim to this have to, need to, or must force that is creating your life for you. And I know you you probably don't recognize this. So again, I want you to release judgment here, but I want you to begin to become aware of how when you use these words, this is the illusion that you are creating for yourself. This is what you're telling your brain, this is how we're going to view life. Go look for evidence of this. What I want to say here is that you never have to or need to or must do anything. And I'm going to go very controversial here. And some of you may get very uncomfortable listening to this. Okay, but I want you to understand that I'm going very controversial here and I do not take this topic lightly. I don't take it lightly at all. And that's why I'm going here. Because I want to prove to you all at the very core how true this is for you. You never have to need to or must do anything, including life itself, my friends. There is nothing in this life that you need to or have to do, including living itself. And I want to be clear here that I am not saying that I believe that suicide is right or wrong, or that we should or shouldn't commit suicide. I don't want to go there. My beliefs about suicide are for me and for me only, just as yours are for you and you only. I'm not advocating that people should want to commit suicide here. What I'm going to say is actually the opposite. What I want to say is this. In my life, I've been blessed with being around friends and having friends that had suicidal thoughts and tendencies, including myself. And I've noticed a trend in every single one of these beautiful people. They don't necessarily want to die. They don't want to be dead. What they want is to know why they are alive. What are they living for? Are they even allowed to want anything in life anymore? And why? They just want to know what they want to be alive for. And they don't know that. They don't know if they want to be alive anymore and why they want to be alive anymore. That's what it is. And I want to say this, life as a human, it is a deep and complex experience, full of uncertainty, full of chaos, full of pain, full of emotion. And if you don't know why you want to be doing this thing called life, if you do not take the time to know for yourself and know you and beautifully why you are here to live this life and what in this life you want to live, my friends, this life can become so painful to keep making the choice against your own will to show up every day in life feeling like life has no purpose. And if life feels like no, it has no purpose, you are not choosing to show up in life. You're choosing an existence that is completely disempowered and you have no idea why you're doing it. People that talk about suicide and have suicidal tendencies, I promise you, if you get to the core of it, they don't want to die. They don't want to be dead. They're just in so much pain because they can't figure out, why am I even here? What is the point? And I want to talk to you about that today because there is a point and there's something so beautiful inside each and every one of us that if we would stop using these phrases that I'm talking about today, we could begin to see that. But a lot of people that have suicidal tendencies, they believe that their wants in life are so unimportant that they don't even believe they have the right to, to look at them and want them in life. 
And that becomes so painful for some people that the option of suicide feels like their only option of relief. But here's the thing. I have also seen so many people who had suicidal thoughts and behaviors that when they finally got real with themselves and asked themselves, why do I want to be here? And let that fear come up of seeing that and leaning into it and letting themselves honestly answer that question for the first time in their life. Say, hey, I'm actually going to listen to you this time. Why do we want to be here? Then they begin to see that the relief that they truly want is from the belief that their life has no purpose or no meaning or that they have no power to want anything in life. No worthiness to want anything in life. And then to create those wants and go after them. And when they realize that, the relief that they want, it comes from letting themselves see their true worth and in this life and what they want. And allowing themselves to get excited about it again. About seeing how they're allowed to want in this life and that those wants are beautiful and important to the world. And get excited about how they're going to show up and go after those wants because their wants are worthy of being here, just like they are. My friends, this is no joking matter to talk about, so I want to be clear here. I do not talk about this lightly. I do not talk lightly about the choice of choosing to live life and knowing why you want to keep choosing that. I talk about this with the most reverence and respect, and I want every human on this planet to see why choosing that choosing to live is so worth it choosing to want to live and knowing why and i say this with the utmost respect because i had many chapters in my life in which i asked myself why do i even keep doing this why do i bother living wouldn't it just be easier to stop and i joked around about how painful that felt to think And I would always tell people, oh, don't worry, I'm too stubborn to let them win, quote unquote, by killing myself. You see, I saw my life as me competing against some imaginary external force of them that made my life miserable and made it so that I just had to keep showing up and surviving life to prove them wrong that they could not win against me. And that was, my friends, it was such a painful and miserable experience that I was living and it felt like there was no point. And then at one point in time, I actually recognized maybe I'm not stubborn enough and really seriously considered maybe it would be easier to just end it, to just go. And at that moment in my life, when I hit that most rock bottom feeling of maybe this is it, maybe this is the time when my stubbornness loses and I give up. That was the time that the voice inside of me that I had been shouting over all of those years was audible enough for me to hear that said, have you ever thought to ask yourself, who is them? Why do they get to decide your life for you? Why don't you get to decide that? Why don't you get to see the things that you want in life and why you want to be here? Why won't you look at that? And I allowed myself to ask myself, Seth, why are you so afraid to look at what you want in life and want it? And it was the truth was that I thought I wasn't worthy of it. So what was the point of looking at it? And at that point in time, I made a choice. It's either kill myself or let myself answer this question. And I chose to let myself answer the question finally. 
I chose to lean into the discomfort of feeling like, oh God, here I go, I'm going to be disappointed again, and lean into letting myself answer, why do you want to choose to be here? Why do you want that? You see, as a human, I have the ability to decide this at all points in time. I do not have to stay alive. But it turns out that there's something even more powerful that's keeping me on this planet than have to. I want to. I want to. Because when I leaned in and I let myself speak up about the reasons why I want to be here, why do I want to be alive? Why am I choosing to stay alive? Why was I hiding that from myself? Why was I so afraid to answer that question? And the truth was because I had been telling myself my whole life, you have no power to decide anyways. You have no power to choose what's going on in your life and what you're doing and how you see and feel it. It's all just happening against you. So what's the point in looking at what you want? But when I let myself want again, let myself begin questioning all of that. And not only did I let myself question, I let myself finally, openly answer And the answers that came up were so surprising to me. I found out I'm genuinely curious about what I could be capable of creating in this life if given the chance. And that I was telling myself that the chance had to be given outside of me. But what if I could create that chance for myself? What if I could? Turns out I can. I'm genuinely excited to see what could happen based on what I choose to do in my life versus the things that I should do or have to do or must do or the things that I can't do. I believe that I have some powerful insights and beliefs about life that the world wants to see, but's too afraid to look at. And I believe that I can be a part of helping people begin to see these things. And I am excited to see what humanity evolves into as one heart at a time opens to seeing these beliefs and views of life. Because, my friends, I was afraid to want that. I was afraid to want to believe that life was more beautiful than how I was seeing it because I was afraid of being disappointed. But once I let myself see that the reason I was disappointed was because of how I was choosing to see life. And that the, the views that I had been hiding, you know, back in the background because, no, those are too stupid. Those are too, you know, soft and lovey and whatever. Whatever reason it was that I wouldn't let those beliefs come up to the surface. When I see those and I let myself believe in them, I believe there is so much beautiful and powerful potential in humanity. And now I believe that I want to be here in this life to help watch it and facilitate it being unlocked. And I see a way to unlock it. And that we all have the ability to do it. And I want to share that. I want to be here to share that. Even if only one person ever listens and carries that on, it would be worth it to me. I want to keep showing up in life to see what happens when I unstoppably take actions in those beliefs to create in this life. I am genuinely excited and curious what I can create based on what I want to do in my life. I'm genuinely excited to see what all I will feel, what all I will see, what all I will encounter in this journey. I'm so curious what kind of life I will live, what kind of lives I will meet while I'm living that life, what lives will I touch, what lives will touch mine. 
I'm so curious to see the possibilities of deeply exploring this idea of unconditional love that we keep overlooking, even when it's terrifying to go deeper. I'm excited to want to be here to step into that fear. I'm genuinely excited to see what other people will choose to create and what thoughts I might have about those creations. Will I then think of something that I might want to do that I never allowed myself to believe before as new possibilities emerge in my own mind? Will I go after it? What will I create with that? My friends, when I allowed myself the ability to decide that I want to stay alive because I'm allowed to want these things and what I want is important in life, and I let myself burst open with that truth about why I want to keep choosing that, when I did that, my desire to want to be alive woke up. Something big woke up inside of me. Before, when I told myself living wasn't an option, it's just something that I had to do. I had to stay alive. I needed to stay alive to prove something outside of me was not stronger than me. And living became this resentful obligation. Something that I had no desirable choice in, and that something outside of me was just making it so I had to keep choosing to live. Before, I was believing that I was just stuck in this thing called life, and it was just happening to me. And I just kept hoping that I would eventually survive it. Maybe the experience would somehow bring about happiness. And that my job was to not let this imaginary force outside of me win by making me choose to end my life before I no longer had the choice to keep living my life in the body and when my body gave out. My life was a life of resistance, of retaliation, of stubbornness. That's what my life was before. No wonder I didn't, I didn't see that I wanted to be in it. I am glad that I had that stubbornness. And it's really quite cool to recognize something here. I created that stubbornness. I created that power of stubbornness stubbornness, with the belief that this is what I had to do to stay alive in order to cultivate. In order to stay alive, I had to cultivate this stubbornness. So here's the thing that I recognize. If I can make something that powerful in my abilities, if I can cultivate my stubbornness to be so powerful, what other abilities of mine can I cultivate to be that powerful? Right now, I'm working on the power of unconditional love and cultivating that with that same fierceness. And my friends, it's so exciting what is showing up in my life and what I'm seeing happen in life as I go about looking for evidence that I can keep cultivating this unconditional love. So here's the point. When I allowed myself to step into the fear of considering all of this huge question, why do I want to choose to be in this life? And when I really genuinely asked myself that and let myself answer without shutting myself down or rejecting myself, but openly hearing myself, knowing that I am worth having those wants that are deep in there, and I let them come up to the surface again, let them be there, let that energy of that desire wake up inside of me again, and believing that I can do something with it and that I want to do something with it, I woke up this excitement inside of me. This power that it was like it just was waiting there to surface. Curiosity and excitement became my biggest energies in life versus resentment and stubbornness and retaliation. And this energy, this drive, this joy to be choosing to be in this life for as long as I keep being handed the opportunity to show up for it. Every day when I open my eyes and I see I'm still in this life, I'm still being handed the opportunity to choose to be here. 
I will keep deciding that I want to be here. And knowing why I am choosing to be here and why I'm excited to make that choice every second of that day that I opened my eyes to. Knowing my mission and that it is important because it's important to me. And that I have chosen it in my life based on what is genuinely important to me and what I genuinely want. And this new allowance of belief that I could choose not to be alive any time that I genuinely want to, it actually became a reason why I was excited to be choosing the opposite. It became the reason why I was excited to show up in this life every day with this genuine excitement and passion and drive to see, yeah, sure, I have the option to choose to leave this life any time I want to, but I've got all of these things that I want to do that I haven't tried yet, that I'm genuinely curious about, that I genuinely want to do. And I want to know what can I really truly do in this life when I let myself want, when I let myself take the actions and let everyone doubt me, let everyone feel whatever they're going to feel as I do these things in life that I want to do and go after my wants. So other than the choice of life itself, which I know it feels hard and scary to maybe take a genuine look at, but I, I encourage you to practice this. Ask yourself genuinely. Not asking yourself with some preconceived idea or resistance, but genuinely and curiously ask yourself, why is it that I want to keep choosing to be in this life? What is it that I am excited about wanting in this life? What is it that I'm afraid to want in this life? And why won't I let myself excitedly want that? Ask yourself this. But other than the choice to live life itself, often when I bring up this idea that have to, we don't have to do anything in life, there are some other common arguments that come up. Things that people genuinely have taught themselves to believe that they have to do. And what I want to say is, why do that to yourselves? Why put yourself in this victim survival mode? Why do you want to do that to yourself? I want you to ask yourself that question. Because there is nothing in this life that you have to do. But I'm sure there is a whole lot of things in this life that you want to do if you would let yourself want. If you let yourself open up to see that truth. To step through the fear of letting yourself want. And yes, my friends, letting yourself see your true wants is scary. It will feel scary. There will be fear. That is okay. That is normal. Let the fear come up. So you might say, well, I have to obey the law. No, actually you don't. But if you do not obey the law, there will be a result. And maybe that result is not a result that you genuinely want. Maybe you have a genuine want in this life that spending one year, five years, 20 years, 40 years in jail would make complicated for you. And that's not a complication that you want. So you want to obey the law so that you can find ways within obeying that law to create the genuine want that you want. But it is important to tell yourself the truth about that here and empower yourself to make that decision. Use that power Release it by deciding what you want and the actions that you will choose to take based on that want. Stop holding that power in and delegating the responsibility of your life to some imaginary external force. Don't lie to yourself or others about this. I promise you this is so important to see. When you tell yourself that you have to do something, you are again telling your brain to look for evidence that something outside of you decides for you and that you have no power in choosing what you do and why. And therefore, your life is the result of some external force or law. And that you are merely here to just experience it and hope that it's not miserable for you. That's what you're telling yourself. 
when you use this have to, or must, or need to, you're telling yourself that you have no agency or sovereignty in this life. Life is just a fact that you must or have to or need to deal with. All of these words will have you convinced that life is just something that you cope with and hope for the best. So I want to ask you to stop lying to yourself with these words and phrases. Stop lying to others by using these words and phrases and acting like letting other people see your genuine wants and desires and therefore the reasons why you will choose the actions you will take is something to be ashamed about and to hide. So I keep mentioning this idea of telling yourself the truth and others the truth. So this may bring up the question, why is it important to recognize that we're being dishonest to others when we do this? And it is so crucial to see this here. When we use any of these phrases or words mentioned here today, we are doing some really powerful stuff behind the scenes that we're not paying attention to. And not paying attention here is doing so much more harm than we recognize to ourselves and to our society and the world around us. We are subconsciously telling ourselves and others that this is how the world works, that we do not have power to make decisions, and therefore neither do they. And my friends, this is not true. It is a lie. And we as a society really want to consider to stop signaling ourselves and others to believe this. We also are being dishonest to other people by not letting them know who we actually are with what we want. We are literally telling them that what we do is decided by something other than us, and therefore that the actions we take are not based on genuine wants of ours or based on beliefs that we have chosen. So the other person can't even really get a sense of what you believe and therefore what actions you will choose to take based on those beliefs. Why do we not want people to see this? Is it because we're ashamed of our own beliefs? And if so, then why are we choosing those beliefs? Why do we want to believe in them? If, if we're ashamed of them, do we want to keep choosing them? And if we do want to keep choosing them, why is it that you can't be proud of those choices? Why do we want to keep portraying this image that we have no power in that decision-making process and therefore have no responsibility for our chosen actions and results in life? Think about this. It is truly a dishonest act to tell someone that you have to do something or cannot do something or should do something or should not do something and why you are choosing to be dishonest about this. Why are we choosing to be so dishonest here and so afraid to look at it? Why are we so ashamed to say what it is that we truly want in our lives? What we truly want that our beliefs are there to help us create. And then, and then therefore say, why is it that we're afraid to say, I'm choosing to do this because I want this. And let the other person have their emotional experience of that. Let them have their opinion. Let them choose their own thoughts and beliefs about that. Show them their power to do the same. No, I do not want to come to your party because I want to be at home and in bed by this time because I've chosen these goals in my life and I want to believe that a regular sleeping pattern is important to me being able to achieve these goals. And that right now is more important to me than a night of partying. Why is it so awful for us to say something like this is the truth to someone? And here's the thing. If I were to say that to someone, which I just did recently, they are allowed to be upset about that. They are allowed to maybe even choose that they don't like it. 
or don't want to be friends with me or don't like me because of that. And guess what? That is okay. They are a human. They are allowed to choose that. And I want to let them have that experience and know this is me. This is the decision that I am making. And you are allowed to decide whatever you want to believe about that. That is okay. And their beliefs, they're about them and their beliefs. What they think about me. It's not about me. Just like it won't be about you and the kind of person that you are. The truth is, if I make this decision and I tell this person this, here's the truth. If this person is going to constantly ask me to do things in my life that I don't want to do, that will distract me from my genuine wants in life, and not accept what I want in life, and that they will constantly try to persuade me to do things that I don't want to do, then I want then I want you to genuinely ask yourself if you if you are in this position and I genuinely ask myself this why is it that I really want this person as a friend anyways do I really want this person as a friend ask yourself that or is it that again you feel like you should want them as a friend or that you were afraid if they decide to not like you what that would have to mean about you Because again, remember, you've created this model of the world where have to and should is a thing, and it's not a thing. You have power there to decide. If you decide not to do something, and one of your friends decides they don't want to like you anymore because of that decision, they don't want to be your friend anymore because of that decision, let them make that choice. Take your power back and let them take theirs back. And then you know what you're going to notice? Maybe you lose some friends, but you know what will happen? You will also gain some friends, and the friends that you keep will be friends that are genuine friends. Friends that you genuinely want to have in your life. Not friends that you feel like you should have in your life, or that you feel guilty for not being their friend, or not being nice to them. They will be friends that are genuinely there for you, and you are there for them, and you know why you want to be there for them, and they want to be there for you. So stop lying to yourself and stop lying to other people about this. This is why this is so important to see, that when we use phrasing like this, we are creating such a problematic and disempowered perspective of life and our relationships to others too. Not just in ourselves, our relationship to ourselves is destroyed and our relationships to others are destroyed because we are being dishonest with them to the very core. We are trying not to allow them their emotional response to our truth. We are not letting people truly know us in an attempt to manipulate their opinion of us because ultimately we don't trust ourselves to have a good opinion of ourselves. So we think we need other people's high opinion of us to make us feel good about ourselves. Because again, in your model of the world, using these little phrases here, every all of your power is outside of you, including your power to decide whether or not you like you. It's been given away, but you don't notice it because you're not paying attention to how these small words and phrases create that illusion in your life. So my friends, yes, when we use these words and phrases, when you use these words and phrases, you are lying in every sense of the word. You are harming yourself. You are harming your ability to have deep, fulfilling, and genuine relationships with anyone around you. And what I want to say is that I... Inside of you, there is a part of you that is begging you to listen to this today. And that part of you truly wants to begin to notice this and pay attention here. This is not something small or harmless or insignificant. So many of you out there are living lives filled with dishonest, 
disempowered surface level relationships, including your relationship with you. And it's all because you are afraid to let yourself know what you want and tell yourself the truth about it and tell others the truth about it. The last aspect of this that I want to look at today is something that I notice a lot as a coach with my clients, is that once I get my clients to see this, and once they start recognizing these phrases are no longer an option of truth for me, another route starts to show up. And I want to caution you about this route ahead of time. Maybe I'll do an entire podcast episode on this in the future, but for now, I just want to mention this here. What will end up happening is when they stop allowing them to use themselves to use these phrases of I can't, I need to, I should, I shouldn't, I have to, I must, when they stop doing that, when they get afraid of doing something in their life, they tell themselves, I don't want to do it. And my friends, here's the other part of telling yourself the truth is the why. It is important to tell yourself not only the truth about the fact that you are choosing what you want and don't want, but also why you are choosing that. Tell yourself the total truth. Do not hide the fact from yourself that you are choosing to not do something that you want because you are afraid. It breeds a lack of self-trust and disempowerment. Tell yourself the truth here. This is important. Even if the truth is, I want to do this, but I feel afraid, and I'm going to choose not to do this thing that I want because I feel afraid. Tell yourself the truth there. Give yourself that power back to make that decision. Stop lying to yourself. This is not about being judgmental. Give yourself that honor of making that decision. And you may be judging yourself for making that decision. That is something else that you can work through after making that decision. It's to release your judgment of yourself for making that decision. And here's why making a decision is so important. Why I keep saying for you to decide. Because here's the thing. When we make a decision, we release an energy from ourselves. We release a power that is building up inside of ourselves with our wants and our true desires in life. And when we lie to ourselves about not making that decision, that something else made that decision for us, what we do is we hold on to that energy. We let that energy fester in ourselves with rejection. We tell that energy, stay down, and we reject it. And this means that that energy will come out, and it will come out in emotional blow-ups. It will come out in urges and false desires and acts of immediate gratification. It will come out in numbing behaviors. I'm talking about things about like emotional outbursts of screaming at people all of a sudden and being like, why did I scream at this person? I'm talking about giving into urges like sitting down and binge eating food, even though your true desire is that you want to start taking care of your body that is becoming sick because you're not taking care of it and you want to take care of it. I'm talking about sitting down and binge watching television when what you really want to do is go and sit down at your computer and start writing that book with that powerful message that you've been hiding from yourself inside of you that wants out. What I'm saying is to not go and distract yourself with alcohol because you're afraid to start living the life that you're designed to be here and live full of your wants. Those are the kind of things that will come out in your life when you hold on to that energy to decide and don't release it and don't take your power back. Even if that decision is, I want to do this, but I feel afraid and I'm choosing to not do this because I feel afraid.
I don't know how yet I want to face that fear. Tell yourself the truth. Don't lie to yourself anymore, my friends. Stop living a life full of urges and false desires and immediate gratification and numbing behaviors and feeling out of control in your life because you won't let yourself tell the truth about what it is that you want and why you're doing what you're doing in life. Because it will come out in these urges, these numbing behaviors. And this is done to avoid the discomfort of the rejection. The rejection that you are giving of yourself. You're rejecting yourself constantly and being dishonest with yourself. So you have this feeling of distrust and rejection that you are literally putting on yourself. And I want to ask you to stop doing that to yourself. Start telling yourself the truth. Start letting yourself use your decision-making power and seeing what it is that you want and don't want in life. Stop letting yourself get stuck in these cycles of uncontrollable urges and buffering behaviors. And getting further and further away from the life that you want to be living because you're afraid to let yourself see the truth about what you want. So this insight that I'm attempting to offer here with this podcast episode is this. These little phrases, while they seem so insignificant and so innocent, they are lies. And these are not insignificant. These little words and phrases, as I've pointed out in this episode, have a massive impact on our life. And I want to give you this ability to see that. I want to give you this ability to see that today, to start creating this awareness, and I want to leave you with this analogy. If you were to decide to hop on a plane right now and fly for 5,000 miles in a direction with a destination in mind, if you were to take the steering device in that plane and turn turn the plane even a half of a degree in any direction, by the time you have flown the distance that you intended to fly, you would be landing somewhere completely different on the globe. And this is my way of saying, don't look at these small words and phrases as being so insignificant that it's not worth your time to pay attention to and to try and change your use of them and to become aware of your use of them and to take your power back and start telling yourself the truth. Because these little 0.25 degree turns you're making in your life are the reason why you keep landing in places and being like, this isn't where I want to be. Of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. And I want you to take your power back. I want you to take your power back and stop letting these little words over the course of your life create vastly different results than where you're wanting to be and the results you're wanting to create. So my point here is this. Lean in. Become aware of how you're using these words and phrases today. Become aware of how often you're using them. Then I want you to remember what we talked about today and begin to notice how these little words and phrases are actually training your mind to look at the world in a way that keeps you in a state of victimhood and disempowerment. And then I want you to consider making it a point to start telling yourself and others the truth about what you really want in life and why. Let the fear come up. Lean into it. Yes, you will feel afraid when you finally let yourself see your true wants because those true wants are so big and powerful and beautiful and you've been telling yourself your whole entire life that you don't deserve them, that they're too scary and that you shouldn't look at them. So yes, fear is going to come up. Lean in. We talked about fear. Fear is there to tell you a belief is there and the belief is that your your wants are not worth looking at. That's why the fear is coming up. So lean into that fear. And I want you to start choosing what you want to do instead of hiding in dishonesty behind these phrases and words that we talked about today. And I know this can feel scary. I know that. 
I'm not trying to tell you that it will feel easy and simple. But what I am here to tell you is that I am here to help anyone who wants to dive into this work and begin telling yourself the truth about the choices you're making in life and that you're designed to do here in life. And help you get on that path to a fulfilled, authentic, and empowered life in which you are willing to let yourself see your true wants and go after them unstoppably. So I am here to help anyone who wants to dive into that work. Okay? I'm going to leave this here for you all. It was a long episode today. I appreciate you all listening in so much. This was such an important message and such a powerful thing that I want you all to understand. It was so important to me to get this message out to you all today. So thank you for sticking with me through this. I love you all. I'm here to help any of you, anyone interested in working with me on this and much more. Because believe me, once you get through the work on this, there's this opens up so many possibilities in your life. And I'm here to guide you there as well if you want my help. So I am here to support you and guide you and coach you into this, okay? I love you all. If you want to work with me, all of the information, all of the links and how you can get a hold of me are in the show notes on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and on my website or through email. I love you all, and until next week, I wish you all the most empowering and purposefully decisive weeks. And I'll talk to you again next week. Ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at sethlusk underscore coaching. Again, that is sethlusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.